Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, everyone. It's Jonah. So this month, we're revisiting some of our favorite episodes and letting you hear some bonus footage from How Did We Get Weird. And today, we are very happy to bring you an episode we did a while back with Michelle Zahner from Japanese Breakfast. Vanessa, you remember this one? Yes, I absolutely love this episode. It's one of my favorites. We talk about VHS tapes, but we also really get into music class. I maybe burn one of our music teachers from growing up. And we talk about a bunch of really, <laughs> a bunch of really fun stuff. She was absolutely fantastic. And I know we're both really big fans of hers too. And I think people will really enjoy this episode, even if you've already heard it. And also be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that when we release bonus stuff like this, you always get it. And we hope that you'll absolutely enjoy this very, truly much. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are pretty young at heart and in age, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? So Jonah, I was thinking in honor of our guest today being the musical guest for the finale of the most recent season of SNL, we could talk about this thing that used to happen when I was at SNL, which is, well, let me back up because this is a nostalgic podcast and this story is based in nostalgia. When we were growing up, everybody used to call me Jonah's little sister. Do you remember that? I don't remember that because like, I don't think I heard that reference as much probably. Right. Because I guess it was referenced towards me. It would be like your sister. Yeah. And it would be like when I was like walking in the hallway at school or something, people would be like, that's Jonah's little sister. That's how all your friends talk. And... <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was cool, though, because I was like, yeah, whatever. It's whatever. And then once I got on SNL, when you would come visit, people would be like, that's Vanessa's brother. However, here's where the twist comes in. Because you were such a cool music guy, whenever the bands would come, they would usually know you or they would often know you. And they'd be like, that's Jonah's little sister again. And I loved that I was back to being Jonah's little sister when I was at SNL. Yeah, that was nice for you. I mean, I felt like I had no real status at SNL unless you were actually physically with me. Like, I remember if we wanted to see the band or something, I'd walk on. If I wasn't with you, they'd be like, yeah, no. And if I was with you, I was like, OK, I can kind of like have free reign a little more. Well, you didn't have status with the security people. <laughs> the security was not impressed with like my status in high school or something. Right. But the <laughs> bands oftentimes would be like, yeah, we were at Pitchfork together. Remember? <laughs> this is you guys. That was an awesome set. That's like a, probably a verbatim conversation I had with someone. Yeah. I felt like it was actually a lot more like the crews and like the techs and stuff where people generally I knew. Some of the bands. Right. But a lot of the people that work in the touring industry. But yeah, that's a crazy full circle moment, huh, Vanessa? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of today, our guest played the SNL finale this season. She's a singer, musician, director, and author, best known as a vocalist and songwriter of Japanese Breakfast. She released her book, Crying in H Mark, in 2021, which is a New York Times bestseller. Let's please welcome Michelle 
podcast's honor. Hey, Michelle. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> Good. Thanks for being here. Did you enjoy that story? <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy that story. As an only child, it's like the world of siblings is so sweet and fascinating to me. And it brought me back to my very lovely experience at, at SNL and how fun of a time that was. Yeah. I'm so glad you had a good time. I went back once after I was on the show and I did something on Weekend Update and I got to be in one of the, not like the dressing room you get to be in is, I feel like so cool, but I was in one of the other dressing rooms in the front. I'm sure you got this too. They bring in this like plate that has like all these cheeses and nuts on it. Did you get that? (laughs) (laughs) I can't recall. Yes, we probably did. We probably did. Yeah. You were maybe less focused on it than I was, but like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I was like not eating during this time, not because of like wanting to lose weight or anything, (laughs) but like I was so nervous that something was going to upset my stomach and that I was going to have, I was going to have anxiety. I was just so nervous. Like the entire week I was like not eating much because I was so worried that something was going to upset my stomach and I would have a stomach ache. Honestly, I was like this strange, intense, like fear and anxiety. So I was like not eating anything. Yeah. Yeah. I did the opposite. I got there and I was like, oh my God. I got to load up on this cheese. (laughs) As much as like, you know, SNL is a great experience. Like the free food, especially when you're in the cast, is not. There's not a lot of it. There's free food on like the read through day on Wednesday when you read through all the sketches. And then. That's basically it. And so it was so fun to like be in my dressing room, (laughs) then bring in like I had like this thing. It's like cheese and it's like the same cheese plate. That's like when you walk by Seth Meyers show, it's like outside. I don't know. It's a great cheese plate. It's a specific NBC. It's like a specific (laughs) NBC cheese plate. And it's just for listeners like it's huge. It's like not like it's like a few pieces of cheese. It's like I think it is supposed to be big enough for like your entire band or something or like <laughs> the people in your entourage. But it was basically like I was just like there, like, OK, I got this. And then people would like come into my dressing room. <laughs> and again, just to clarify, this was like I was doing like a guest thing on SNL a year after I like left the show and people were coming in. And in my mind, I think they were coming in to talk to me. But part of me was like, do they just want cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Like people you haven't seen in a year, you think? Yeah, like people being like, oh, my God, welcome back, Vanessa. Like, you know, do you mind if I have like a piece of this? Is this cool if I just have a piece of this cheese? (laughs) And you're like, they're using me for my (laughs) my cheese. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, good to see you, too. But I wonder if it would be so good if I didn't have this whole cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I think that's like me being so protect. I've since I was like little, like. I'm a person who like doesn't love to share food. <laughs> Is that something to do with siblings? Like especially being a younger sister, maybe well, older brothers taking your cheese. <laughs> you would think so, except Jonah was always like a very light eater. Mm. Like Jonah sort of was different than everyone else in our family in the sense <laughs> that like he would just like be like, I'm done. And we'd be like, what? <laughs> And never was like really that into desserts. I'd be like, what are we having for dessert? And Jonah would be like, can I be excused? And it was like, (laughs) Jonah, get real. Yeah, I forgot about having to ask to be excused. That was a thing for sure. At the dinner table. Yeah. You couldn't just get up and go. Michelle, did you have dinner? Like, did you have like a dinner with your parents? Like, yeah. Yeah. And did you have to ask to be excused? <laughs> yeah, I probably. I also like my duty was to like clean the table. Like that was my main chore. Okay. Windexing the glass. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, so I remember one time I went to my college roommate's house for Thanksgiving. And he's also an only child with like older parents. And like when his dad was done with Thanksgiving dinner, he just left. The dad? The dad. And then later, like my friend (laughs) just left. And I was just like, what is going on? (laughs) It's like Thanksgiving dinner. They just left to go watch TV. And then I like helped his mom like clean up the entire Thanksgiving. Wow, that's so <laughs> that was, weird. Like, shocking to me. It was it was yeah, it was unreal. But yeah, that's how they do it in their fam. It was really wild. Yeah. It's so crazy. They just like didn't say any he was done. And then he didn't bring his plate to the sink or anything. He just left it there and like went to watch TV. Do you think if you were one of his like guy friends? that they would have expected you to go watch TV? Yeah, well, I think that 
I don't think that they expected me personally to like to clean, clean up, but I wasn't gonna like not leave his mom to just. Yeah, I think they were just like mom. I think first of all, they're like I don't know if they like always did get Thanksgiving dinner, so maybe they're like a family that ate out a lot or something. But yeah, I had to you know. And it was funny because when he, I'm afraid he's going to like listen to this, but when he came to my parents' house, my parents were shocked that he didn't bring his plate to the sink. And so it was very much like, oh, that's how you were raised. Right. Totally. 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 I also think as someone who is a teenage boy, you have such a, a lack of awareness sometimes about like how other people are, how the world. I mean, it's shocking to me that you even have that awareness to say. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> I'm already like, oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I saw like some video of like dads being asked questions about their kids on the street. And like, they're like, what's her elementary school? And like the dad didn't, like our expectations for men are like so low, low when it comes to that kind of thing. One of them was like, oh, is your kid allergic to anything? And the dad was like, oh, I think some kind of berry, right? And the kid is like, no, I'm I'm allergic to penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Well, at least we were raised with having to be excused. Once in a while, we would get allowances. Like, do you remember this, Jonah? We would get allowances once in a while. And part of our allowance was like, we had to do chores. But then we like sort of didn't really do the chores. And then our parents sort of never gave us the allowance. It was sort of like something that would happen for like a week or two. I remember spending most of my allowance on cassette tapes, mm. and which I guess are, are kind of like cool again. Right, Michelle? Is that that's like a thing now, huh? Have you gotten into that or no? I was really into it when in like 2011-ish, Okay, I would say. So cassette tapes are already not cool again. I kind of feel like they are not cool again. Now CDs are actually seem like they're getting cool again, maybe. May I think the vinyl is king still. Yeah, vinyl always cool, for sure. But I think that cassettes like had a real comeback in 2011 because I remember it's just so much cheaper to make when you're in a band. And I was really into like selling them as merch. And I also had a car that had a cassette player. And so I, I like kind of enjoyed owning cassettes. I remember I had a Twin Peaks soundtrack cassette and I just would drive around in like my like Honda Odyssey, like feeling like Dale Cooper (laughs) or Mm -hmm. Dale Cooper. Yeah. Like sneaking about to like the Twin Peaks soundtrack. And I think I made like some like mixtapes for people around that time. But yeah, I feel like cassettes might be out again. Cassettes Cassettes might be out again. Yeah. Because they had them at Urban for a while. And that's like when you know something is like. Right. 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 Totally. (laughs) And maybe soon to be over. Yeah. Right. They're catching stuff just in time. And it's almost. Yeah. 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 It's a bummer because I think in my kitchen now I have this was yours, Jonah. I have for some reason a cassette from the movie Cocktail. (laughs) Starring Tom Cruise. Amazing. That was my first cassette. Whoa. I think I have it. You have that? Really? I think it's here. Yeah. Yeah. 1988. And it had Don't Worry, Be Happy, Bobby McFerrin, Kokomo, Beach Boys. I mean, it had some serious... We've maybe talked about this on here before. We've talked about it probably a lot. (laughs) It was very influential on me. What I'm about to say, which is that you (laughs) you did a report... And you played Kokomo in the background. Do you remember this? No, but I mean, it's like my favorite song. So it sounds like something. <laughs> you, you did a report because I remember it was like something where because we were in the same school at the time. I think it was like we must have been in like Brady, I guess. And I was in fifth grade and you were in seventh grade or I don't know. Anyways, it was definitely not seventh grade. It was not seventh. I grade. feel like I was listening to like Rancid and stuff. Probably not doing like a Beach Boys thing. Well, whatever it was, I remember you switched whatever song you were like going to give a report. Jonah was like a real hand as you can imagine, Michelle. (laughs) And you were going to give a report and like play a song in the background and you decided to play Kokomo. (laughs) I don't remember what the like... The context was. Yeah, who knows? But I remember you practicing. Gotcha. I remember... And I don't know, Michelle, if you ever did, we had like a music class and we could vote on a song each week that we could play for the class. And these kids voted for one by U2. That was like a really big song at the time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It is funny to think of like kids being into U2, you (laughs) know? (laughs) It is really funny. It's such a like dad band that like imagining like a group of young children being like, we want one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I brought in Metallica's one because I was like, this is one. Also, we should play this (laughs) nine minute long Metallica song. And Jonah, 
Cool move. Yeah, that is cool. Mr. Foley was, they weren't having it. They were like, no. You know, can I just say Mr. Foley kind of like, this is no offense in case he for some reason listens to this, but he (laughs) didn't have a great sense of humor. I think we can agree on that because like (laughs) my class was really bad. Like I was in a really bad sixth grade class with him or something. And we did the same thing where we could like vote for songs. Everyone was kind of misbehaved, but like everyone was pretty funny. Like I was very well behaved, but like DeMarcus (laughs) Dews was in our class and he was like, pretty poorly behaved but he was genuinely funny like Mr. Foley could have been like okay Marcus like and I understand he had a really hard job like taking care of all these asshole kids but like he like had no sense of humor about it ever and we had Mr. Foley like sorry Michelle to talk so much about Mr. Foley but like I feel like we had him forever like he was all through Brady but was he also in Pepper Pike I don't know but anyways Brady was our middle school. Pepper Pike was our elementary school. That sounds like a type of like cracker. <laughs> <laughs> it really does sound like a cracker. I guess what I want to say, and I won't go on for too long since nobody except for like five people listening to this podcast will know who Mr. Foley is. I just want to say like I would have appreciated a little more of a sense of humor <laughs> from him. <laughs> Understanding that his job was difficult. And I give him that. Fair enough. And it was cool that he let us bring in songs that were popular. That was cool. Not cool. He wouldn't let us play Metallica. And not cool that he wouldn't give us a laugh once in a while. Michelle, I mean, being a professional musician, did you have like music classes as like in school? Were you into that or not as much? Were you in band or any of that kind of stuff? Or I wish um, I was like such a my schedule was always like occupied. You know, I was like in a program like I, I don't remember having any electives beyond school newspaper, which is what I was into. Okay. I didn't get to do I took like piano classes like after school, but and guitar classes after high school, but I never got to do like band or or symphony I, or orchestra rather. I, I would have really loved to have done it. But I will say that the song Kokomo was very triggering for me because when I was three years old. I drowned in a hot tub <gasps> in Aruba. And the only time I ever heard like Aruba <laughs> like was in that song. And so I like, yeah, always just like associate it with like my death place. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you remember it? I don't really remember it. I don't know if I've just like imagined it after the fact, but yeah, we were on vacation in Aruba and I have this memory of being pushed into a hot tub by like children. And I don't know if that happened or not, but my water wings were deflated and I had stuffed my mouth full of fig Newtons <laughs> and my mom was putting sunscreen on my dad's back. So they like looked away or something. And then they turned around. I was a very, very small child and someone had picked me up out of the hot tub and asked, is this anyone's doll? <gasps> my parents just started like screaming. And luckily there was like a nurse on vacation that gave me CPR but my heart stopped beating for like 45 seconds. So I was like technically dead at that age. But yeah, my mom was really smart about it. I didn't have any like complications. I think I went to the hospital for just like a day and they were like, take her to the water. So she like doesn't develop like a or something. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, yeah. So I remember going like into the water like right afterwards and my mom putting me in like a bunch of swimming classes (laughs) for a really long time after that. But it's funny because every time I hear the song Kokomo, I just think of that. Oh man, sorry. Yeah, sorry to bring that up like twelve times. It's not no, it's not actually <laughs> triggering for me, but it's I, and I, you know, I just remember hearing that song when I was younger and always like thinking of that time. Sure, I definitely have no like traumatic memory of it. Got it. it but, got yeah. it. That's really good. That's really good. What were your guitar lessons like? Like, because my guitar lessons were me basically just bringing songs I liked off the radio and trying to my teacher transcribe them. Were you actually learning theory and stuff, or were you more of that style? Yeah, I wish. Too. You know, I think that like now as an adult, I'm like so into that, but. But um, at that age, I was just like, teach me this iron and wine. (laughs) (laughs) I like loved him. And he was kind of like this Christian guy. (laughs) He was like a cool Christian, you know, and I took lessons at the Lesson Factory, which was next to the Guitar Center. And it was very, very corporate. And they had like all of these guitar teachers in like little cells, basically cubicles, basically. But I loved him. I thought he was so cool. And I think that he really liked me. And I think that the songs that I asked to learn were like songs that he would listen to. and, And so... Yeah, I enjoyed that. But, you know, even from an early age, I just, I wanted to write songs. I wasn't a very serious player. I just, like, wanted 
the tools to write songs. Yeah, yeah. The Lesson Factor is an incredible name for like a corporate. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Yeah, that is cool. I also want to ask really quickly about your time at the school newspaper. Like, yeah, yeah. The only school newspaper I know of was like the one that Brandon ran on 90210 because we didn't have a school newspaper till like college. Oh, really? We didn't have one at our high school. Were you always trying to get like the The scoop? scoop? I also was like a real ham, (laughs) like middle school and high school. I was a, I'm still a ham, always been a ham. And I, (laughs) you know, like I really wanted editor in chief. I was editor in chief of the middle school paper and I was features. Whoa, you had a middle school paper. Yeah, I had a middle school paper. I think it was because we were called the Rough Riders. And (laughs) 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 yeah, and I was the editor in chief with another girl. And she was very like serious news beat. And I was like goofy features. My favorite thing to do was the back page. And I got really into writing quizzes. <laughs> I was like really into like writing like personality, like cosmotype, like personality <laughs> quizzes for the back page. That was like my thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was like what I was into in, in high school and middle school. I think, you know, I always wanted to be a writer. And I thought for the longest time that the most like practical path at, to, to pursue writing was through journalism. And even then I sort of begun to like butt heads with like my teacher because there were all these sort of like rules of journalism and like, you know, the deadlines. And, you know, I just I hated authority like from a very young age. And I, I just wanted to write what I wanted to write. And it's funny because you we were talking about Mr. Foley. <laughs> my journalism teacher now has like quite some like a group of kids, like from South, I went to South Eugene High School. A lot of them know who I am because it's such a small town. And, and you know, they think it's like cool that I went there and, and they knew that I was one of her students and, you know, had asked her about me. I like went through like a mental breakdown in like my senior year. And she like was very, I don't really remember her being particularly hard on me, but I do think that, you know, we sort of butted heads because she, you know, expected a certain, you know, quality that I wasn't able to deliver uh, to the school paper. And she wrote me like a Facebook message a few years ago, like apologizing. Wow. Yeah. For like being like, I just don't think I like maybe got like your sense of humor or like your creativity. I didn't like, I should have been more open to like your voice or like whatever. And I, I think she like had some regrets, which is funny because she wouldn't be like the first teacher I would look back on. And I didn't harbor any like real resentment towards her or, or feel that way. But I think she like felt some guilt that maybe she didn't like let my creativity flourish more and she was like strict with me but I didn't really feel that that way about her but I I thought it was really sweet to like get that message yeah yeah that's so nice that's so nice so I wonder maybe Mr. Foley like if he heard this he would be like I should have had more of a sense of humor (laughs) I wonder if he'll write me a message and be like Joan I'm sorry we should have let you play one by Metallica (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I get it because like I've been in that situation before, like where you just like are trying to do your best and like take your job seriously. And like you're nervous, maybe like I've been in situations where I've done things and I've been nervous and I've like kind of lacked a sense of humor that like I should have had and look back on certain moments where I'm like, oh, I messed that up. But it was because I wanted to do such a good job, weirdly. Yeah, totally, totally. And also, I think like for our teachers, like, well, currently, like to me, nothing is scarier than like teenagers, but like I'm sure middle school (laughs) kids too are like, oh yeah, just terrifying. And having to be their teacher and truly my class was, we were such assholes, but yeah. I mean, to be a teacher in this time, it sounds horrifying. I mean, to just like be like sort of like not even out of touch, but like just like a generation or like three generations apart from like such a sharp, like unforgiving <laughs> generation. Like yeah. must be just like completely terrifying. I mean, I just, it's mostly like for good, I think, but I mean, to put together a curriculum and then also have to deal with like the sort of bureaucracy of like what the high school wants your syllabus to be. And then all of these like teenagers being like, this is like, racist, sexist, ableist, like, and then having to like navigate those two poles must just be so exhausting. Yeah, totally. You know, another reason why our teachers might want to kind of apologize to us and have a sense of humor. Have a sense of humor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
right, well, we were, we're actually gonna... in retrospect pretty easy. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I think you've made this point. I think towards Mr. Foley. Chew I think out, you Mr. Foley. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, <laughs> no real issue with him. Just would have loved a sense of humor. Go ahead, Jonah. Yeah, I was just gonna say we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be back with Michelle's honor. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Really shitting on the teachers. (laughs) Fuck teachers. (laughs) Done shitting on the teachers that work so hard to educate us. So we asked Michelle for a topic as we usually do. And Michelle has a really great topic today. It's VHS tapes we watched and rewatched growing up. Michelle, what tapes were you really, really into when you were a kid? I was so into cassettes in general. I think my favorite cassettes were definitely my Sailor Moon VHS tapes. I don't know. I feel like I had so many like Julia Roberts films on VHS mm-hmm, Like I know I had like Notting Hill. I think I had what what is another big? My Best Friend's Wedding? Yeah, I love that film. I love anything Julia Roberts is in pretty much. <laughs> I could probably like recite every line of dialogue from When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, various oh like like any like Studio Ghibli VHS tape. Lots of Disney, lots of Pixar, those types of tapes. Yeah. I also remember I used to... Do you guys remember those like rewinders? Yeah, Like they had cars or like different... Yeah. Yeah. You had like a, a separate plastic like rewinder where you would like... Once you were done with the tape, you would like put it in to the rewinder and it would rewind faster than it would on the TV. And you could like watch another movie while the <laughs> you rewinded it back or whatever. Yeah. Or you would get fined by like the rental place if you didn't rewind your tape. Oh, yeah, which it seems like right. such a scam, yeah, right? That, that is such yeah. a scam. <laughs> I guess because it did take a long time to rewind it. I wonder if they had like five of those kinds of things, you know. I bet they did. They write those off and then But it's yeah. also just like just rent it to someone 
So they have to rewind it, like make the next person rewind it. How long do you think it takes to rewind like a two hour movie? In the machine or in the TV? Just in the TV. Say you don't have the machine. Five minutes? Yeah. Like the longest five minutes of your life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I guess it took a long time, but it still does feel like it was crazy. It was like, yeah, not returning like a rental car without gas or something. They'd be like, if you didn't rewind it. (laughs) What do you think the fee was? I know. I, I don't know what the fee was. That's a really good question. And you would pay for the movie up front. So I guess you'd get charged like... They'd probably just tack it on Like somehow. a late fee. Yeah, like a late yeah. fee. Look, our producer Olivia is saying that rewind fees were a dollar to two dollars and replacement fees. Lost VHS would be $60 to $80. Yeah, that's insane. Wait, what? That's Where was wild. that? Like at Blockbuster? I remember being at the movie store and it would say like the price would be like $100 on the thing. Oh, for, wow. Like, Blockbuster. Come on. Wow. That is such a scam. Come on. Yeah. Hard to feel sympathy for Blockbuster. Yeah. Michelle, you live in New York now? Is that? Yeah. Speaking of what Harry Mattel, have you been to Katz's Deli? I have. Yeah. You have? And did you think about that movie when you were there? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I've only been there one time. Okay. And I had like a sandwich that was like almost a foot tall. <laughs> But I haven't I haven't been back there. It's kind of funny because like I dated someone who was from Staten Island and his knowledge of New York was very impressive to me. But now it's really not. (laughs) It was basically like I was such a hayseed from Oregon. He actually even used to call me hayseed. And I was just so impressed that he like could take the subway. And now that I live in New York, it's like really not a big deal. But I remember like we went to Katz's Deli and to like Max Brenner and me being, (laughs) oh, wow, the cool knowledge. And like we also went to like the Strand and I was like, wow, he really... He's a real New York guy. And now I realize those things like are not impressive. Look, the most touristy places you yeah, can go. It's crazy. <laughs> that is so funny. That's really funny. Going back to VHS tapes, we were talking about what we watched a lot. We watched a lot of like Chris Farley movies and stuff, and we kind of had them memorized. And the other thing that was kind of cool about Tommy Boy, which was probably our favorite, was it took place in Cuyahoga County, right, Jonah? Which is where we're from. Near where we grew up, yeah. Which I wonder if they actually filmed it there. I don't know. Yeah, we would watch those movies just because we didn't have that many movies and there was like yeah. like four channels on TV. So I felt like we'd watch these movies over and over. Was that your experience too? Yeah, I definitely, yeah. I feel like I have like a pretty hefty VHS mm-hmm. collection. My main memory is like I have my best friend who's, who's still very much a best friend of mine named Corey Pop. And the two of us would watch, yeah, like the same VHS tapes over over and over again. And it was funny because like she had certain VHS tapes that I would like very much associate with her home that she like knew very well. And there were certain VHS tapes that we would always watch that were really associated with my home. Now and Then was like another really big oh, movie. Oh, that was a huge... I don't remember that one. It's for the girls, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Vanessa, what were you saying? I was You're- saying when I was in camp... If we like made our beds the be- like they would inspect our campus. If we won like some kind of award, we would watch now and then. Oh, really? Wait, weird. It was always they would bring this little TV into our cabin and we could watch it or we could watch it in this lodge. I think we've maybe talked about this before, but we were never like, can we watch something else? It was always like now and then, like year after year, yeah, week after week, it would be like, you guys get to watch now and then. And we were like, okay, we'll watch it again. I love that movie. What is it about? I, I've never It's like the it. Stand By Me for girls. Yeah. It. But it's like set in the, what, 50s or? Yeah, it's like it shows them when they're kids, but then the adult versions of them are Rhea Wilson. Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. Debbie Moore. Debbie Moore. And is it Melanie Griffith plays like? Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. like a celebrity now. Like she rolls up like in like a limo. Okay. And she's like a celebrity now. And it shows them like as kids having fun and then like as adults and the kids stuff. There's like a match cut where she like is going on the swing as an adult and it, she swings back and she's a child. Uh, yeah. It's like the teenage version. Yeah. It's sort of scary. Like they try to make it like a little bit scary when they're kids. Like they're trying to like solve it. Are they like trying to solve a mystery or something? Either It's very much like a little homage to Stand By Me where they're like in Stand By Me they're trying to find this dead body and and now and then they're trying to like solve some kind of mystery about the murder of like two people in their town like years ago. Yeah. It's nice because it never gets that serious. Like you get scared for a second and then you're like like they keep it pretty tame in a way that I 
appreciate it as a kid because I didn't like scary stuff. I also am that way. I think my like, suspension of discipline is like very high. And and so I like cannot handle any anything horror. Yeah, same. I was like, this is about as scary as all. <laughs> this very low. <laughs> now and then is like not a movie that anyone thinks of as scary. I know. That's like saying like the big slide at like a fair is like the scary, like a scary I was going to say, it's like the scary amount of like, the scary factor of Home Alone, where like you're kind of scared of that one guy that he's scared of. Yeah. And yeah. then you realize he's nice and you're like, oh, I was like a little scared, but not that much. Your threshold for being scared, I think, is lower. It's pretty at that low. Yeah, yeah. 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 We had like Die Hard, a lot of these like 90s action yeah. movies. I was very into. Did either of you get into that? Well, Vanessa, you were kind of had to watch probably a lot of oh, these. Oh, yeah. yes. My favorite VHS tape of all time was The Fifth Element, okay. which was like the greatest. I mean, that's probably still my like favorite movie of all time. And that like, you know, Bruce Willis is because of that movie is like my favorite actor of all time. And it's Mila jo- is it- Jovovich, yeah. Who's incredible, yeah. Were you guys ever into her music? I remember really loving her music. What? I didn't even know she that she... had this song called The Gentleman Who Fell. You should look it up. It was such a good song. And I remember my best friend Gwen and I were really into it. Her music career sort of didn't take off, but she was really good. <laughs> it didn't? <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I mean, she seems so... I watched this like video of her like talking about her experience on that show. And she seems like someone who would be... A musician, I feel like. Is it kind of like a Kylie Minogue vibe or like a like a trip hoppy vibe is what I would it almost sounds like Tori Amos a little bit. Oh, okay. Like not really, but like a little bit. Did she play guitar in Days and Confused? Wasn't she in that? And there was like a scene oh, where they were playing guitar. She I was. Think. You're right. You're right. Yes. She was probably trying to be like, guys, I also do this. <laughs> we watched Dazed and Confused on VHS so much. Yeah, we watched that one a lot. Yeah. And the other thing that we watched all the time. That's similar is Empire Records. Oh, I love that movie. Was really into that. Great Guar cameo in that movie. Great Guar cameo. Great Guar. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that Guar was real. And then I think, Jonah, you told me. Like, I thought they were created for the movie. Yeah, no, I think they're still they're still playing. They're still playing in big costumes. Michelle, any other movies that kind of stand out to you from that era that, that you were super into? I guess, like, the only... I remember the local video store was called flicks and picks <laughs> and you would take like these little paper tags that were on hooks and then you would bring them to the counter and they would give you the VHS there. And when I was younger, like in elementary school, I remember I would get the Studio Ghibli movie Totoro over and over again and to the point where my mom was like, we should just buy this movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that that's like my comfort movie. I feel like I am eight years old when I watch that movie. Uh, again and again. Ours was called Flicks too. Our local. Oh, really? It was just called Flicks. No. It was called Star Flicks. Star Flicks. Star Flicks. And I remember I rented the best of the state. You know, the state, like the MTV comedy group, the state. I don't know if you ever watched that. It's like Michael Showalter and Michael Ian Black and David Wayne and stuff. They were in this show called The State. And they did sketches and they had like a best of VHS tape called Skits and Stickers that had their best like comedy sketches and I rented it so much that they sort of let me have it basically is the and then our mom got to buy the case for it for five dollars they were like yeah you can just have the case and so it was like so now and I still have it again in my kitchen with my cocktail cassette (laughs) I have like the VHS tape from Starflix of skits and stickers because they basically were kind of like, like you keep renting it, like just take, like they, I you think they were kind of like- You paid $400 for this video already. You might as well just take it. Yeah. I had rented it so many times that they were just like, you might as well. So anyways, I still have it. It probably says Starflix on it. It seems like you guys had like such an early education in, in like comedy sketches. Like it makes sense that you would wind up in that field. Well, thank you. I feel like I never, where did you guys grow up? In Ohio. In Cle- like suburbs of Cleveland. Oh, in Ohio. Oh. Suburbs that sound like 
crackers like yeah in moreland hills is actually the town we grew up in and it was near chagrin falls and pepper Pike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess I, I never really watched like a lot of i don't know if it's like because there's like a maybe almost a generation between us but yeah that was like not something i remember like snl was like not a big thing where i grew up i feel like as much as it is like on the east coast i feel like and, yeah and comedy sketches was not something i really like grew up watching that era was so different because i feel like all these snl people like chris farley and adam sandler and stuff were in these like huge blockbuster movies and I don't know if that was as much of a thing kind of later. Oh, yeah. I did own Big Daddy. Yeah. Okay. I did enjoy Big Daddy. That's what it's called, right? That sounds so weird saying it. Saying multiple times. That is times, what it's called. But yeah. <laughs> that is what it's called. It would be really, like horrifying if that's not what it was called. <laughs> I just like remembered it that way. <laughs> I do think there were movies like that coming out later. Like those were consistent, I think, through the 90s but yeah just maybe it was yeah we were very into that stuff but i don't think you know it wasn't everywhere it was like we were just we watched that stuff all the time i guess were your parents into it our parents were pretty into chris farley they were pretty into tommy boy and black sheep and stuff right we went as a family to the theater to see beverly hills ninja i remember that oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't imagine watching something like that with my parents. I can't yeah, like I feel like it was also, this was like pre-internet. So I just feel like there's like less options of like stuff, yeah. like media. Like I felt like just kind of, it was like one of like the popular things. It was, a, you just kind of watched everything kind of that was popular because you didn't have a lot of choices. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. But I think we were really into it, you know? Jonah? Yeah, I'm not discounting it. I'm just I'm just putting it in like a kind of a cultural context. But yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But also the other thing is and we thought that we saw this photo of you with your Sailor Moon VHS tape. That's like my rosebud moment. You know, like you were like, I saw I found that photo and I was just like, nothing will ever give me that amount of joy. You know, I could have won a Grammy last year and you would not see me look like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were also talking about when you're a kid somehow. And I don't know, maybe this is just has to do with like, because there's more stuff out. It's just like we would watch the same stuff. Like, I'm sure you watch that Sailor Moon VHS tape, like just never gets like you just are like, I got to just keep watching this. Like you just could rewatch stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I'd also like don't like collect things things the way that I that it was like so important to like collect at that age and yeah I just wanted to own everything it was also like that I don't know why I was like so into the series but I like first saw like a Sailor Moon episode I think when I was in Korea and I was like just so I don't know why I was just like obsessed with it and it was like that kind of stuff was sort of like hard to find in the U.S. because it was like a Japanese import. And then they sort of like started playing on Cartoon Network and then we would get some like English, like Sailor Moon VHS types. And so like getting those was like such an exciting, that was like all I wanted in in my life was like anything that had Sailor Moon on it. It could be like a sticker or like a keychain or a CD. uh, And like, you know, to get a VHS was like so, was so happy. Yeah. Because it was like rare. Like it was like kind of hard to find like this thing that I was interested in. Yeah. Because you have no control over it. Now, if you want to like watch that kind of thing, you can just like search for it and find it. But I remember like all of my aunts in Korea were like, looking high and low for anything with like a Sailor Moon character on it because like it was no longer popular there. So it was like kind of hard to find and like you couldn't just like buy something on Amazon. You would just have you would have to literally like scour stores. And I had like family members like looking for that kind of thing to like bring bring back for me. And I I was just like so obsessed with it for for probably like four years or something. Yeah. And then you just start over it, you know. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Totally. We're going to take one more break and we'll be back. The brand new segment with Michelle Zahner. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. 
Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So we have a brand new segment today that we're going to try out. I'm going to try to think of a way to to introduce this in a way that's not totally confusing. It's called Legit Moan or Unnecessary Groan. Legit Moan. Unnecessary Groan. This segment was inspired by a now defunct column in our local paper growing up, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, called Monday Moaning. What? Yes, this was an actual column. I found archived versions of it online. They ended it about 10 years ago. We used to read this column on Mondays where it was basically readers writing with these really petty complaints (laughs) and they would print them every Monday in the paper. This is like the Cleveland plane. This is like our like big paper. We used to find them funny as kids and read them today is way funnier. (laughs) So we're going to pick three that we found from the archives. Wow. And then we'll decide if they're a legit moan or an unnecessary groan. Oh, okay. I love. Yeah, this is great. So it's called Monday Moaning. Then we're going to say, Vanessa, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah. And I just want to say just for anyone listening, these are actual things that were printed in the Monday Moaning section of the Cleveland Plain Dealer circa 10 years ago before it was canceled because it was such a bummer. Okay, I'll read the first one. And Michelle, you can use your newspaper editor instincts with this. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. This is something that I probably would have loved to have print on my back page of the <laughs> Roosevelt Rough Riders. Yeah. The, okay, great. Okay. Here's the first one. If your kids are getting the school bus, which stops at the end of your driveway to pick them up, they should be there waiting to get the bus, not standing in the doorway, not waiting in your van. They should be ready and prepared to get on the bus when it arrives. If they aren't, the bus should leave. Just sign me crankshaft. And this is someone from Olmstead Falls. <laughs> this is pre-Yelp. Yes, this is pre-Yelp. Yes. Yeah. This is probably yeah what people spend their time doing instead of yelping. <laughs> and Jonah, will you just clarify, Crankshaft was a cartoon. Crankshaft was a cartoon about like a cranky school bus driver. Oh, so it is a bus driver. Or are they a parent or are they a bus driver? Well, they think? said, just sign me Crankshaft. I think they're being kind of self-aware and being like, I know I'm being like a cranky bus driver, but this is what I think. We think that they are the bus driver. No, we think that they're just being kind of facetious. I don't know. I think they could be the bus driver. Or another parent parent observing their child on the curb or like another, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's really confusing what they're role is in this situation? Like, are they just a neighbor? Are they impatient? Like, why are they so concerned about this? That makes all the difference to me, because if they're just like a person who's who's like <laughs> just someone who lives on the street and just watches these kids like be late for the bus, it's like if you get stuck behind a bus and you're driving. That's true. That's true. OK, that makes sense. I think it must either be like in my mind, I was like, oh, it's a parent who sends their kid to the curb and are watching other kids 
not be prepared and make their kid late, or it's someone that is stuck in a car behind the bus that's waiting for the kid with the little stop sign out. Or it's the actual bus driver. I bet it's the person in, in traffic who can't pass a bus and then he's, his kids aren't ready. And he's, he's like, OK, I'm going to write this letter on Monday. Like, I'm going to like I'm going to voice this out. Into the- I would I would agree with that. I bet it's that person. I will say like, you know, Jonah and I used to always be running for the bus. Like, like never were like we're very rarely like waiting at the curb on time. I would say like I feel for the kids who it's like hard to get to school on time. If this person had clarified and said like this gets in the way of my drive in the morning and stuff, I have a little more compassion for them. They've written this in such a way that they just seem like they're like a nosy neighbor who's just like looking for something to complain about. So I I would call this an unnecessary grunt. <laughs> what do you guys say? Well, the first grown. thing that I think of is like you know, I mean, doesn't it get quite cold in Ohio? Yes. yes. I f- would feel for the kids that, you know, are waiting at the curb for yes. a bus driver that's probably having other kids that are running late and behind and never exactly on time, you know, waiting in the in the cold, which is, you know, a health hazard. So I am team unnecessary groan. For Me that too. Reason. Unnecessary uh, groan. All right. We're all in agreement on that groan. one. Sorry, Olmstead Falls. Sorry, Olmstead Falls. Jonah, do you want to read the next crankshaft one? Crankshaft. <laughs> Sorry, crankshaft. Number two is this one's from Lakewood, Ohio, where I lived for a little while. Are we ever going to have quote unquote singers that were taught to sing so you could understand every word? Oh, this person's <laughs> dead to me already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's frustrating to hear nothing but sound and very little melody. Thank God for Lawrence Welk's Saturday night program. Good music and every word can be heard. Oh, God. <laughs> have any of this new generation who all sound alike ever listened to Frank Sinatra <laughs> or Doris Day? <laughs> To hear what a difference understandable words make. Oh, God. Big time (laughs) unnecessary groan. As someone who, like, definitely no one has any idea what I'm singing about. (laughs) I have to say that's, like, such an unnecessary groan. It's, like, something that my parents would always say when I, like, would play them something I I spent months and months working on. I can never understand what you're saying. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my question is, how old do you think the person is? Because this column was like 10 years. It's not like this column was like, this letter could have been printed like 50 years ago. Right, 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 right. It wasn't like the heyday of Lawrence Welk that this was. (laughs) This is probably from like 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago. So I think this person was probably quite old. Quite quite old. old. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But also odd of the plain dealer to be like, I mean, you know, obviously this column no longer exists for a reason but i wonder how they chose their i mean this is leads to a bigger question but it's like that they printed this it's sort of well they printed a lot of really bizarre stuff yeah i mean i guess what's interesting to me about it this person's criteria for music is number one can i understand all the words <laughs> yeah, yeah. then like melody and songwriting and all that other stuff like that's like the number one thing for them that's a little weird yeah that's a really good point. I feel like that's such an older person yes. thing to like complain about. <laughs> yeah. Also something that, you know, talking to music, like that's, this person's obviously not like really, I, I don't mean to judge Their this references person. aren't, aren't very obscure. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 This is not going to be a big like Screamo fan, I imagine. It just feels like, again, I don't want to judge this person, although. That's the nature of this game though. That's <laughs> the nature. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> this is pretty much the most anonymous thing that it can be. This is a random letter from someone from 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. If they were really into music, I don't think that they would be like, I got to know what all the lyrics are. Like that feels like they're not really. But even like Bob Dylan or something, this person must hate Bob Dylan. Right. Like, can you imagine like, oh, yeah, yeah. I can't hear the words. But I also feel like there are just some people that like they only like things that have been established as good, like objectively good, you know, which is like my enemy, you know. Yeah. (laughs) As a contemporary like singer that like is weird, you know, that's like not Adele. That is like my, you know, I mean, I I think that that was especially like when I went on SNL. It's like, okay, it's going to be a lot of people like that listening to us play with that kind of commentary and that, like what what was like most scary about playing SNL was like oh like 50% of people at least are gonna fucking hate us you know? <laughs> because they're gonna say things like 
you know, I can't understand what she's the saying. Words. <laughs> this doesn't sound at all like Frank Sinatra. I don't get it. Or Lawrence Welk. Why doesn't she sound like Beyonce? You know, well, that's interesting. So, so Michelle, you're going to give this unnecessary groan big time for me. Okay. Same here. Vanessa, what about you? Same. What is the other one? Unnecessary moan. Legit moan. Legit moan. Okay, legit Because the column's called Monday Moaning. I think those are going to be pretty rare. I think those are going to be rare. Legit moan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah. Let's see. Let's maybe, maybe this will be. Vanessa, do you want to read our last one? Okay, sure. To the reader who complained about Steelers items being sold at Giant Eagle. Giant Eagle is like this big grocery store chain in Cleveland. <laughs> to the reader who complained about Steelers items being sold at Giant Eagle and who would not shop there again, obviously there must be a demand for Steelers items. If you were looking for Browns items, you should have checked the clearance aisle. That's where you'll find them this time of year. So just to clarify, Steelers were the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers, a football team. Okay. And then Cleveland Browns is the Cleveland team. Okay. And so this is in response, I guess, to another column where someone was complaining about Giant Eagles selling Steelers stuff because that's the Browns rival. They, I guess, didn't think that should be sold in Cleveland. Yeah. Just to clarify, they're saying, by the way, this was signed Twinsburg. This is someone from Twinsburg, Ohio. They're saying there must be a demand for Steelers items. If you were looking for Browns items, you should have checked the clearance out. I don't know if that was a sassy. Sassy. Yeah, that's a dig at the Browns, who have historically been a pretty bad team. This is someone who probably, yeah, is not a real loyal Cleveland Browns fan and is not bothered by the fact that they're selling a Pittsburgh team's, you know, merch. Maybe they're from Pittsburgh. Yeah, maybe, maybe. they're from Pittsburgh at an Ohio grocery store. You know, uh, look. Vanessa doesn't like this one. <laughs> This is a moan on top of a moan. Like this is someone who's responding to another Monday moaning with their own Monday moaning. And I don't mind that. I think that's kind of a legit move. (laughs) I think it's a legit moan. I think it might be a legit moan because the person must have written in and been like, Giant Eagle, you're selling Steelers stuff. I'll never go back there. And Giant Eagle is probably like, you know, good riddance. So this, I would say, is a legit moan. I like that this person thought, I'm going to razz this other moaner (laughs) a little bit because, you know, grow up, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle, what are your thoughts? I identify moan on top of the moan. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that that's something that I could see myself doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I get more upset at people complaining about something than having any of my own, like, general complaints, maybe. Right. I don't know. I identify with moaning on top of moaning. Uh, so I, I, it's a legit moan for me. Yeah. Legit yeah. I think it's legit moan. also. I think, you know, Giant Eagle is a store. You know, they can sell things by this team. I mean, there's probably Steelers fans. Pittsburgh is not that far from Cleveland. So, I mean, geographically, I think it makes sense. And I, yeah, I don't think this person's going to stop going to like their local grocery store because of that. Like, they're not going to drive an extra 20 minutes yeah. to get their pizza rolls or whatever. There's no way. Yeah. It's sports, not like politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stakes are, are not that high. So I'm going to say, I think we're in agreement. Maybe like the initial one we're not reading is maybe an unnecessary groan. But this one is a legit moan on top of that. Legit and in fact, moan. I'd like to go one step farther and say <laughs> that... <laughs> When we were kids, when we were reading these, I wish we had thought to write moans about people's moans. Yeah. I wish we had thought to write in and specifically target specific people's stupid complaints and written our own. You would be writing in as the kids late for the bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to crankshaft. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To the person who wrote this, you know, it's 10 degrees out. It's 7 a.m. Yeah. Like, I don't want to stand outside the end of my long driveway for You don't understand minutes. the pressures on kids these days. We have, like, a lot to deal with. And, like, sorry that we're not there right on time waiting in the cold, you know, so that you can yeah. maybe have more fun. You know, tell us who you are. <laughs> What's your role in this? <laughs> and I would write to the second guy about why I don't enunciate my lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Is it too late? I guess it probably is too late. What's the generation know. above boomers? That's what this person is, I think. The greatest. Oh, the The greatest greatest generation. This person might be the generation before. I don't know. This person, I think. What's the generation before the greatest generation? The best. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, the silent generation. Is that real? Oh, that sucks. Imagine me. Why is that? 
like because of their movies. Oh, maybe that's why. Oh, children are meant to be seen and not heard. No joke. Okay, they grew up as the silent generation because they were they supposed grew up, to be. They are the children that were told to be seen and not heard. Yeah. Did that work? For- <laughs> well, like, apparently not because one of them grew up and wrote this dumb Monday morning <laughs> thing about <laughs> wanting to hear lyrics. <laughs> I guess maybe that has something to do with them having to be so quiet when they were a kid. Okay, it's come really full circle. Now, Michelle, <laughs> we had a lot of fun with you today. Yeah. Where can people find you and your songs, everything. Google Japanese breakfast. My website is called japanesebreakfast.rocks and it has all of our upcoming tour dates and information about the band and probably my book on there as well. Find me on the internet. Great. Great. (laughs) Well, we had so much fun with you. Thanks to everyone for listening. And if you enjoyed this, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird? where We'll discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like VHS tapes and stuff like that. So, Michelle, thanks again. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.